Thank you, Victoria. I think I just can't hear that reading enough. I wanted to start our time this morning with a little show and tell. I'd like to show you my new favorite t-shirt. A friend of mine surprised me with this t-shirt over Christmas. Here it is. Can you see? It says, you are doing a good job. So when I first opened the box and saw this shirt, I thought, oh, how nice. Courtney thinks I'm doing a good job. And Courtney and I have stayed connected over this pandemic. I have very frankly shared my struggles with her. And this shirt, it had me feeling genuinely glad for my friend's positive assessment of my performance. But then the next day, I decided to wear the shirt. And this is when I discovered this shirt's true magic. The act of donning this you are doing a good job t-shirt, it felt like changing into a superhero uniform and gaining special powers or putting on magical glasses that change the way the whole world looks. When I put on this shirt, it's like some benevolent authority looks out at my life, looks out at my messy house with clean clothes still in the dryer, and looks at the steam coming out of my ears as I try to muster even more patience for online school teacher parenting. It looks at my heart that has so much to be grateful for, but is still so often just feeling a whole new level of drained and isolated from this winter COVID life looks out at the projects I haven't started, the messages that I still haven't responded to, and looks at the dinner that I got special ingredients for tonight, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna have oatmeal again, and declares that actually, I'm doing a good job. I love this shirt. It doesn't lie. It just lowers the bar. And I know, I know, it's still an assessment of my performance, not an affirmation of my inherent worth and dignity. But still, I love the way this t-shirt scans the landscape of my existence and everything I'm judging myself about and says, no, actually, you are doing a good job. This is what a good job looks like. This month at Foothills, Nearly a year into this global pandemic, we are focusing on the small practices that can make a big difference in our lives. And for me, lowering the bar for myself again and again and again has helped me cope. I remember the first week of the pandemic back in March when we were first all staying home and I decided I would run my own little homeschool with my daughter and her friend while keeping an eye on my two-year-old, while baking some wholesome home homemade snacks, and definitely while banning any TV time. Needless to say, this setup precipitated the first of many, many, many occasions that I lowered the bar for myself during this pandemic. 
in my particular life, here are some lowering the bar questions that have come up for me. What if it's enough to do just the bare minimum for school or less than that? What if I dress only to please myself today? What if the right choice is for the kids to watch extra TV? What if I choose to offer the kids extra TV, not so that I can get something accomplished, but instead to simply be alone for a little bit and think my own thoughts? What if I forget exercising and just simply try to get outside at least once today? What if it is simply enough to get through the day today? Maybe it looks different for you. Maybe lowering the bar in your life could look like asking, what if it's enough to spend my days in quiet, simple ways? Or what if I just let go for a while of the idea that the love of a romantic partner would complete me? Or what if I close down my profile on the social media outlets that leave me feeling fearful, anxious, or like I'm missing out on something, that leave me feeling like my life isn't robust enough? Or what if I already have enough friends? Or what if this body, this larger, softer COVID body is still worthy of my respect and appreciation. And you know, the funny thing is that most of these things are not just acceptable during hard times, but actually pretty good ideas. For hard times, say, such as coping with winter time during a global pandemic that remains complicated and slow to resolve. And maybe, just maybe, lowering the bar is just generally a good idea. Because I notice that when I lower the bar for myself, I'm often giving myself permission to value things other than productivity. I'm giving myself permission to experience a whole spectrum of feelings. I'm giving myself permission to rest. And I'm giving myself permission to be human. I am not suggesting that creating goals, structures, or challenges for ourselves is not good. These things can be fantastic. They can be very life-giving. But what I am suggesting is that at the very least, our expectations of ourselves merit some scrutiny sometimes, particularly when we're under stress. And I also have a suspicion that many of the standards to which we hold ourselves spring not from our deepest values, but from the dominant culture and its materialistic, patriarchal, puritanical, white supremacist root system. A system that has miseducated us all in ways that diminish all of our souls. To borrow from the theologian Richard Rohr, the bar asks us to judge ourselves, to tear ourselves apart into the self that is judging and the self that is being judged. And this divided life, this is no way to live. We deserve better than this.
But the problem is, for me at least, I find the bar so useful. It's a very clear guidepost for whether or not I'm okay, for whether or not I belong, for whether or not my life has value. But if then we're not going to measure ourselves by our accomplishments or by our successes or our productivity or our adherence to the roles and standards of a society that, that society tells us are, uh, are ours to perform, well, then we're gonna have to find our value somewhere else. And I know we say things like this all the time in church, but I'm gonna say it again because it is so hard to live it. It is so hard to really feel it sometimes. Our real value lies not in what we do, but in who we are. We are human and each human life has value. We are already worthy, already united with all existence and all humanity. We humans, we come into this life with this precious space inside, this sanctuary inside us that is our soul. Richard Rohr writes, we don't save our soul, we discover it. We don't go there to try to make ourselves holy. We wake our souls up. Our real value lies not in what we do, but in who we are. We don't need to put our energy into perfection or winning. Most moments do not need our excellence. In these hard times, in this uniquely difficult winter, our work is to hang in there. Our work is to resist the temptation to numb out or to escape as best we can, and instead to lower our bar for ourselves again and again and again until we can get to a place where we can stay engaged with our own lives. When we lower our expectations of ourselves, and cut out the noisy, busy work of satisfying society's expectations and satisfying our own ego, things start to shift. We can feel what's really going on. Maybe we feel lost and disoriented. Maybe we feel liberated. Maybe we discover the grief that is asking to be felt and attended to. Maybe the sameness and boredom or the exhaustion of COVID life feels like it might swallow us up. Hang in there. Lower the bar again and again and give yourself permission to feel disoriented. Permission to honor what is hard to feel. Permission to be exactly where you are and exactly who you are. When we're lost in the woods, it is not the time to choose a direction and hustle as hard as we can. Though that is a very understandable impulse because you just wanna stop feeling lost as soon as possible. But when we're lost in the woods, we need to stay put 
gather information with our senses, pull out our maps, those texts and those practices that orient us and guide us, and check our inner compass. Where are we? We might stay in this posture for a long time, staying safe simply by not continuing the strident hike in the wrong direction. And eventually it's quite likely that we detect something. Maybe we detect the rhythms and movements of the hours and days giving us a sense of direction. Maybe we detect someone encountering us, companioning us, sharing their energy and knowledge with us. And maybe we can start to hear more clearly the birdsong of the real and authentic impulses of the soul. Those impulses that allow us to tune into the moves that will allow us to shine and love in the ways that only we can. We can get in touch with what brings us to life in the best ways. And with patience and courage, lowering our expectations of ourselves has the potential to open us up to sensing into our true work. In our reading this morning, the epitaph read, she attended well and faithfully to a few worthy things. When we create space to feel fully and listen patiently to our inner wisdom, what might we learn about how to spend our precious energy? About how to spend our limited time on this planet? What might we learn about what would be enough? May we let go of the expectations and roles that are not serving us, lowering the bar for ourselves, especially in times of stress, again and again, and stop trying to perfect our souls so that we can actually stay engaged enough to discover our souls. You are doing a good job. You are beloved. Hang in there. Amen. <laughs>